Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Part of this series is not just to do a series so we can kind of get through the fall. The heart of this is, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a church, um, a good church. I grew up in a Pentecostal church my whole life, and we were taught the power of God, but a lot of things we were taught was what we were supposed to do. And when I say what we're supposed to do, I don't mean ministry-wise and working in the church and all that kind of stuff. I mean a bunch of rules, and by following all the rules, then I would be get closer to God. And don't get me wrong, I believe that Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So there is a line that we need to follow and we need to uh, listen to him. But we don't do it out of fear, we do it out of love. And so how many people can understand in a relationship, um, hopefully if you're in a relationship that you're doing something out of fear, uh, you might want to come see me after and we'll work on getting you out of there. Um, But we are in a relationship, we do things out of love, right? And so... I'll buy flowers for Melissa, probably not as much as I should, um, but I'll buy flowers for her because I love her, not because I'm afraid of her. <laughs> see, see, now everybody's catching on to like, see, we hope, we hope. But the part of that is if you do things for God because you were afraid of him, that's not his heart. So we will laugh in this moment, but we will wake up and we will almost ask God. We'll, we'll, situations will happen and we'll be like, maybe I didn't do enough to be in a closer relationship with God. And as much as God loves you, he just wants to accept you. And so this whole series, I want you to understand a relationship with God because of who he is. So it's not what we can do, but it's who we are because of him. And I want you to be able to look in the mirror and see yourself differently. Not because of the rules you obey, but because of the God that you serve. And I don't know about you, but when you can look in the mirror and understand that you are a son or you are a daughter of the living God, your confidence will change. And this morning, as Pastor Charles is going to speak, I want you to understand something, that confidence is not pride. And in a church where we've talked about humility so much so that we honestly, we, or we talk against pride so much that we almost feel as Christians, we have to walk around with our heads down, shoulder shrug forward, almost feeling like we suck when that's not what God's called us to do. The disciples, when they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, they changed their world. And we still talk about it today. Those men walked around in confidence because of who was in them. And that's what I want for you. I want you to be able to walk around in confidence because of the God that lives in you. And he empowers you not to walk around thinking you're worthless. To walk around knowing who you are in Christ. And Christ has empowered you. He has gifted you. Everyone in this room, God has gifted you. And he gives you the power to walk in confidence with your head high, shoulders back. And you know what? If you say, I am good at this. We almost as a church and as Christians, we're like, ooh, that's prideful. No, it's not. See, if I only told you while I'm horrible at music, I would just think I suck in life. 
And that's why in society today, everybody gets a participation badge. Because nobody wants to say to somebody, you know what? You're really not that good at this. Because for some reason we believe if I'm not good at one thing, I must not be good at anything. And you guys know what's good and what's bad, because if I started leading you in worship right now, you would leave. (laughs) So we have worship leaders that are very gifted and great at leading worship. God has gifted them. Can you imagine if I got up here on a Sunday morning and said, don't clap for the worship team, that was horrible. We want to keep them humble. (laughs) It sounds weird to us. Don't say it to yourself when you look in the mirror. Because God created you to excel in life. And so it gives me an honor, because see, confidence allows boldness. And it gives me an honor this morning to introduce our speaker to you this morning, because uh, he's my pastor. And so Pastor Charles is going to come and he's going to share a word with you this morning. So let's give him a hand as he comes. Uh, Thanks, Pastor Chad, for uh, just uh, reminding us about the the vision and the thrust of this uh, series that we are in. First thing I want to do is make sure that you got a handout. Did everyone get a chance to get a handout? There's a handout. That will help you this morning, and it'll give you an opportunity to just write down some things, probably some of the things that I will share with you, and then there's going to be other things that the Holy Spirit will uh, share with you and nudge you, and that'll probably be more important than what I uh, will share with you. I want to start off with uh, a reading. Uh, It's sort of like a poem. It says, you're special. In all the world, there's nobody like you. Since the beginning of time, there has never been another person like you. Nobody has your smile. Nobody has your eyes, your nose, your hair, your hands, your voice, or lack of hair. You're special. No one can be found who has your handwriting. Nobody anywhere has your taste for food, clothing, music, or art. No one sees things just as you do. In all of time, there's been no one who laughs like you, no one who cries like you, and what makes you cry or laugh will never produce identical laughter and tears from anybody else ever. You're the only one in all of creation who has a set of abilities. Through all of eternity, no one will ever... Look, talk, walk, think, or do like you. You're special, and you're beginning to realize it. It's no accident that you are special. You're beginning to see that God made you special for a purpose. He must have a job for you that no one else can do as well as you. Out of the billions of applicants, only one is qualified. Only one has the right combination of what it takes. That one is you because you're special. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm special. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Turn to your other neighbor. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm special. By way of review, there's a key scripture that we have looked at in this series. It's found over in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verses uh, 9 uh, and 11. Uh, and it comes up on uh, one of the slides that uh, we're going to share, share with you this morning as it comes up. It's found uh, uh, in a writing that Peter has. He says, but, but you are not like that. 
And he was making a comparison to the people of the world. He says, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The title of this sermon today is All the Way Down to the Top. All the way down to the top. And really what it's about, it's about it's the sermon, that, and the title is really suggesting it's about us trusting God more than trusting ourselves. Okay? It's not that we don't trust ourselves, but we trust God more than we trust ourselves. See the difference? Okay? It's not that you don't trust yourself. It's just that we trust God more than we trust ourselves. So our first point this morning, our first point is this, stop focusing on the past. Stop focusing on the past. Now, after our second message in this series, the small group members were asked two questions. Question number one, do you believe the way you see yourself matches the way God sees you? Read it again. Do you believe the way you see yourself Matches the way God sees you. The second question was this. Do you know what God's vision is for your life? Everyone that I polled, when they were asked that question, they said no. They said no. They said no. They said, when I asked them, do you believe the way you see yourself matches the way God sees you? They said no. Do you know what God's vision is for your life? They said no. It would be interesting to poll the audience today. It would be interesting to find, find how many here today would say, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm really not sure. And when I began to just think about that and I, I kind of refreshed that in my mind, and I really feel that this sermon is a pivotal sermon. I, I really believe that that this message is, is, is intended to be a turning point for us uh, as a congregation. See, what, came, what became evident to me as I pondered the question and the response was this, that we have an identity crisis in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, there is, there is, a, um, there is a, a low self-esteem of who we are, who we are in Christ. You see, this series on the supernatural ways of royalty, royalty is all about who we are in Christ. And, and our pastor just shared with us just a few moments ago about, about our confidence in that truth. The confidence of who we are in Jesus Christ. It's not only uh, about our identity in Christ, but it is about our role in the church and in the world. I believe as Christ said in his Sermon on the Mount, we are salt and light of the world. Now what Chris and Bill are saying in the book that Bethel is reading, and we're reading this book together, uh, we are all uh, not only called to be influencers in our world, we are also called to speak to the greatness that is found within the body of Christ. 
So this series has been addressing, yeah, we need to know who we are in Jesus Christ, but it's also, it is reminding us that you and I have a responsibility as we get to know the body of Christ, and as we get to know a local church, that we are to call out the greatness in one another. We are to identify the greatness of Christ in other people's lives. We are to discover, as, as Chris says on page 113, he says, we, we are to discover and call out the greatness that the Lord has hidden in the lives of people. We are to discover. So, I mean, it's like when we come into church uh, and, and we have the opportunity to be in small group or whatever type of ministry we're involved in, we, we have the privilege to help people discover who they are. Because some people have a struggle in, in knowing who, who they are in Christ. But we're believing that today is a turnaround. We're believing that today that there is a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit that is revealing who you are in Christ and helping you to also identify the greatness that is found in the rest of the body of Christ. There's a key phrase that I, I really felt the Holy Spirit gave me as I was preparing uh, for this message. Uh, if you follow the American uh, uh, League baseball team, and you're familiar and we're now in the pennant race and all that kind of thing, well, I'm, I'm like part of the American League here in this church. Uh, I'm Pastor Charles, and I am an assistant pastor, but it's, it's like I'm a designated hitter. They just pulled me in on the odd occasion here, okay? So, so I'm, I'm here today as the designated hitter for this series, and, and uh, I want to share with you what the Holy Spirit laid on my heart uh, as, as I was preparing. Uh, because I, I just started to do a lot of thinking about why, why are we struggling with this uh, low self-esteem and, and identity and so forth. And so it was a phrase that the Holy Spirit gave me, and I'm just going to read it to you, and, and it really it, it's the points of our sermon this morning. It says, I don't focus on the past. I don't focus on the past, but I do embrace the grace of Christ. I don't focus on the past, but I do embrace the grace of Christ so I can know your pace and run the race and one day take my place on your podium. Was this something the Holy Spirit gave to me? And I felt it was so, so fit in. Paul said this over in 2 Timothy 4, 7-8. through 8, He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me in the crown of, right, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for this appearance. Now, on your own, for those especially that are, are reading this book and those that are in small group, I encourage you to read page is 113 and 114, and Chris has a great illustration, and, uh, and I'm not going to go into detail, but a lot of what I say is, is comes uh, right from uh, the illustration that, that Chris had. And so, I, I want you to take a look at, in Ephesians chapter 4, and Sarah, and you got a little blank there, so it's Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 20, and I'm going to read verse 20 right on down to 24. It says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Paul was talking to the church. He says, that's not what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. So we, okay, we get that. But this is what he says. This is where the grace element comes in. 
This is, this is the part where we can look at this through the eyes of grace and for the grace of Christ. For we are God's masterpiece. Or for, no, it says, instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. What Paul is saying, listen. Listen, you don't have to be bound by the past. And you don't have to look at those things. You don't have to focus on the past. And that's an easy thing to do. But Paul says this. As he acknowledges the past. And he acknowledges everything that could be uh, uh, entailed in our past. He says, instead. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new new nature. Created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8, 9, and 10. This reference says this. God saved you by his grace. God said, that's how we got saved. That's how we came to understand who Jesus was because of grace. It wasn't something that we earned, but it was a gift. God's, God's grace is a gift to us. It, it is that unmerited favor of God. And so God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not the reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And then verse 10. For we are God's, and I love this verse. This is, this, is what the scripture, this is what the scripture tells us. And this is why there was an exercise that, that Pastor Chad had us go. And he said, look in the mirror. And, and, and if you're a lady, you say, I'm a princess. And if you're a guy, you say, well, I'm a prince. And so in, in this verse, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, I am God's masterpiece. Go ahead, say it. It may seem strange to you, but say it again. I am God's masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. He has. He has created us. He has created us anew. That means, that means something has happened. Something that's been transformed. And Paul says, we've been transformed because of the grace of Christ. The grace of Christ. So for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. How many know that God's got plans for you? I mean, he's got plans for you. He's got plans for everyone that is here today and and, and those that are not here. Chris. Chris Vallotton, he points out in chapter 9 that we have a real problem understanding what true humility is. And we all know that it's important that we, we exercise and, and that we walk in humility. But Chris, he says, he points out in chapter 9 that we have a real problem understanding what true humility is. He says, many in the body interpret humility as an act of beating oneself up with words like, well, I'm no good. I, I'm, I'm nothing. God can't use me. I'm a sinner. And, and you don't know my past. And Chris, Chris acknowledges that these are the ways and, and this, is, this is what happens. And so, so when somebody is asked to do something, or more importantly, Holy Spirit asks you to do something, there's this, well, man, I, I, I can't do that. 
I can't do that. Um, uh, I don't, um, uh, you know, I, I, boy, I, I've blown it before. Uh, man, I, I, I'm nothing. And I want you to know, in our world, there, there is a, there's a lot of beating up that goes on. And, and there is a lot of putting down. And, and so, so Chris acknowledges that. And, and, but, you know, what we need to remember that today that God looks at us differently. He says, Chris, he said, listen, listen, everyone. He said, we didn't create ourselves. We didn't create ourselves. God created us. We are the work of his hands. We're the work of his hands. So don't go say you're nothing. That's not true. God created you. Paul says we are his masterpiece. When we tear ourselves down, and we say we're nothing and we, and we, we, we have this uh, low self-esteem that can, can cause us when we walk into church. Not to think that I'm special. And yet every one of us today, when we walked into this church, Holy Spirit was looking at us and saying, you're special. You're special. You're special. And, and you and I know that there are things that can cause us to look at it otherwise, but that's why we must not focus on the past. I acknowledge the past, but don't focus on the past. So when we tear ourselves down, we aren't being humble, Chris says. We are being stupid. I like it. I like it. I like it. We are being stupid. This kind of false humility keeps the saints in darkness and results in us never stepping into our destinies. That's page 115 in your book as you're reading it. Is it possible? Is it possible that there are people present today who has, whom God has called to be a world changer? Is it possible that in this room... There are people that God has called to be a world changer and they have believed a lie and they're saying to themselves, they are nothing, they are worthless, and they have nothing to offer. There is a sin problem. There is. There is a problem that we all must face and acknowledge. But the Bible makes it quite clear that Jesus Christ has dealt with the sin problem. I want, to, I want you to take a look at Romans 3 and 23. Romans 3 and 23. And I'm just going to read this passage of Scripture because Scripture will speak for itself. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, and I'm reading a few Scriptures that come before this. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So Paul acknowledges the sin condition. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. God took care of the sin problem. God took care of our past through the shedding blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Verse 26, for he was looking ahead. He was looking ahead. He was looking for you and me, folks. 
He was looking ahead and including them, that's us, in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. And he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus Christ. You are made right in God's sight when you believe in Jesus Christ. Wow, that's clear. This is awesome. This is awesome. And this is what God speaks to us today. Chris said, he died so we could be restored to our original purpose. The price that Jesus paid on the cross determined the value of the people he purchased. And that's page 115. Folks, we don't glorify God by saying we're not great. We don't glorify God. When, well, well, we're not great, you know, we're really nothing insignificant. We glorify God by acknowledging that he is the source of that greatness. We glorify God when we acknowledge him and we embrace his provision for us. Humility is not demeaning ourselves, but it's exalting God in our lives. It's the focus, not demeaning, but exalting God in our life, lifting him, lifting him up, uh, lifting him up in our praise and our worship, our lifestyle, the way we speak, the way we think, and the way that we act. Humility, get this, you got to get this one. Humility is thinking less of ourselves. It isn't thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. Let me read that again. You'll find that. It's, that's once again, it's in the book, page 117, around there. Humility isn't thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. So point number two. Point number two is embrace the grace of Christ. Stop focusing on the past. Boy, many people have snookered themselves because they focused on the past. They couldn't get by it. They couldn't get over it. Maybe some of you right now are snookered. You say, you don't, man, you don't know my past. Say, no. no you don't. And you know what? God doesn't know your past. You know why? He took care of it. He buried it. He buried it in his sea of forgetfulness. And it's there. The only one that remembers the past is you. You. And, and when the enemy comes in, you're snookered. But God says, in Christ... We can move on. We're not defined by our past, but we're defined by who he says that we are. You see, it's not about erasing the past. It's all about embracing the grace so that we can run the race that called us, called, called, called us for. The grace of God humbles a man without degrading him and exalts a man without inflating him. I like that quote that Chris gives us. If we fail to see our greatness, we fall short of our call. We fall short of our call. And yet, God calls everyone in this room today to greatness. Causes to greatness, greatness, and, and 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 he says, all you have to do is embrace my grace. If you embrace my grace, you can step in the greatness I have for you. So, if we fail to see our greatness, we fall short of our calls. So, how do you see yourselves this morning? Do you see yourself as special? Do you see yourself as great? 
In Hebrews chapter 11, scripture, and this is a quote that, uh, that Chris has found on PG 118. Uh, Chris says, scripture describes men and women of God who took hold of their positions of influence that had been offered to them and recognized that God was strategically placing them there. Their greatness was not for their own benefit, but to give the world a taste of the kingdom of God. We are the people like Joseph who will become a father. Or no, he says, he raises this question. Where are the people like Joseph who will become a father to pharaohs? And and where are the Daniels who are called upon to interpret the dreams and and bring, uh, bring some harmony out of chaos and confusion in our world? So the question is begged this morning. What has happened? What has happened to the Elijahs who confronted kings and changed history with their prophetic proclamations? Why aren't the Nehemiahs of our day around to build up ruined cities? Where are the Davids confident to rise from obscurity and change the course of history? I'll tell you where they are. I'll tell you where they are this morning. They are sitting in churches all across Canada. They are sitting in this church this morning and they're confused over who they are in Christ. But here's my point. For those who have an ear to hear, they're hearing a voice from heaven and something is stirring deep within them. I believe... I believe that there is an awakening coming to the nation of Canada and it is a grassroots movement made up of people who are discovering or rediscovering who they are in Christ. I believe that there's a group of people that are sensing a fresh wind from heaven. They are sensing the breath of God that is coming in to some old dry bones that have been lying around for a while and there's something coming in and the seniors are coming back and there's something that's starting to breathe inside once again. There's something that is coming to those who are discovering and rediscovering who they are in Christ. Okay, I got to finish, so let me get through this. All right, hang on there. You can cheer me on. Cheer me on all you want, please. Cut me on. All right, here we go. they, They are people. They are people that declare They are people that declare, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. They are a people that that know that they know that they know. They are a people that know that they, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Galatians 2 and 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. They know. They are a new creation has come. The old has gone. Are you okay? 520. All right. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The news there. I'm sorry. I'm just getting excited and I just got to get going with this thing. Okay. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. They are a people that are being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Jesus. Are you hearing the voice today? Are you today embracing the grace of Christ so that you can stay? 
step into the greatness that he has called you to be. Today, step into it today, folks. Don't focus on your past, but embrace the grace of Christ. Ephesians chapter 3 and 20 says, they are people that know him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. They are a people with confidence and they're God's amazing grace and they declare, and this is point three, point three, are you ready? Point three. Point three is this, run the race, run the race. Stop focusing on the past. Embrace the Christ, uh, the grace of Christ and run the race. No longer focusing on the past. Philippians 4.13 says this, 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I want you to know that's the people that are discovering again who they are in Christ. Not only who they are in Christ, but they're also acknowledging and they're calling forth the greatness that is in the body of Christ. First John chapter 4 and verse 4. First John chapter 4 verse 4. Ye are of God, little people, and have overcome him because greater... Is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And these are a people who know who they are in Christ and in our world. Romans 8 says this in verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Not focusing on the past, but embracing the grace of Christ and running in the race because one day, one day we're going to have an opportunity to stand on heaven's podium and we'll stand there and we'll receive that crown that the Lord Jesus Christ has for us. We won't keep it because we're going to toss it at his feet, but we'll receive that crown as we are faithful to him. So where are you? So where are you, chosen generation? Where are you, royal priesthood? Where are you, holy nation? Where are you, people? Today I say and I encourage us to stand. I encourage us to raise your sails. I encourage you to catch the wind of the spirit and let the breath of God bring life to you who are in Christ. And you are not a pauper, but you are a child of the king. Let's stand. Let's stand. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I want to ask you to just bow your heads for a moment. May this day, may this day mark a, a, a new beginning for Bethel Church. Lord, as, as, as your royal subjects leave this place today. Thank you, Father, for the breath of God that you're breathing into us, into our world. We ask all these things. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 